Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by my company, Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit bullrealty.com or reach out to me directly. My email is michael at bullrealty.com. Well, we have certainly seen an economy changing. Uh, here we are in October of 2022. You know, we've seen some uh, pretty high... Uh, rate increases, uh, interest rate increases. Uh, we've seen kind of a crazy job market with some companies kind of coming back uh, to the office. Uh, what should we expect moving forward? What's going to happen with uh, uh, lenders and how are they looking at deals? Well, we have an expert here. Please welcome Brian Bailey. He's the real estate subject matter expert for the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta. He's here in Studio One. Brian, good to see you, sir. Good to see you, Michael. Thank you for having me back. Thank you. And I guess you have a disclaimer. You need Absolutely. To Just right? for full transparency. <laughs> These are my thoughts and yeah. not necessarily those of my colleagues at the Atlanta Fed or the Board of Governors. Thank you for allowing me to say that. Thank you for being here. And, uh, you know, our listeners and viewers kind of studied and watched this market pretty closely. But as a quick recap, what were the rate increases that the Fed has done uh, so far this year? So you've seen several rate increases since the beginning of the year mm -hmm. in response to a high higher inflation rate. So we've moved off of, uh, you know, essentially zero. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now, you know, we're seeing uh, the corresponding responses of those increases in Fed funds beginning to and, and moving the likes of the 10-year Treasury as well as debt costs, etc. So there has been a significant movement, uh, you know, in the in the last you know 10 months or so. Yeah. In, and has it been about a, a total of what almost? Uh, Three percent or three hundred basis 300 points. Three hundred basis points. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, and then the Fed has kind of come out publicly and said, "Hey, hey, what, 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 what you guys expect moving forward?" And what is that briefly? Yeah. So as of the September economic projections that mm -hmm. were put forth by the FOMC and the regional Federal Reserve banks, the expectation is is that Fed funds, those participants expect Fed funds uh, to end up, you know, around you know four and a quarter. Uh, to four and a half, uh, give or take. Again, you know, we've still got a couple months in the, left in the year, and from that standpoint, we are a data-driven, uh, data-dependent driven uh, decision maker, and from that standpoint, you know, things could change, but certainly inflation is much, much too high, and from that standpoint, you know, we are increasing Fed funds to try to respond to, uh, to bring inflation down. Yeah. And of course, the real estate market we were talking uh, before the show is uh, greatly impacted by the job market and about and about availability of financing. How are the banks doing uh, related to their CRE loans and the health of the banks? And how, what's the current messages uh, messaging by the Fed to the big banks? Right. Absolutely. So, I mean, the economy, you know, we've had a little bit of mixed signals. I mean, we've had a couple of, of quarters of negative GDP growth. We've actually, we still uh, continue to have a very strong job market. 
Uh, I mean, month after month after month, we tend to, you know, create uh, 300,000 jobs, give or take, on on average uh, over the last several months. So, you know, we continue to put people back to work, which is a great dynamic. The banks are in better financial condition than they were, I guess, if we use the 2008 as our reference point. They're, you know, in better uh, health compared to that time period. Uh, we have shifted some of the lending. You think about some of the riskiest lending has been pushed out of the regulated banking system to the non-bank, uh, to the lesser regulated uh, non-bank entities. So I think that uh, the banks are in good shape. The, you know, the regulators are communicating that we do see this slowing in the economy going on. We do know that that has the potential to create more stress for commercial real estate. From that standpoint, we have, we have said, hey, be aware of these slowing conditions. So from that standpoint, we, you know, the banks are, you know, in our, in, in our, from our opinion, from our perspective, they are watching that right now. The other thing is, is that you talked and we talked a little bit about, you know, the rate movements and the increase in 10-year treasury and the increase associated, uh, you know, with, with, with uh, rates of debt. You know, that obviously has implications uh, for, for property. Um, you know, if your debt service goes up, I mean, we've seen uh, a number of loans in the CRE CLO market where in essence they're interest only and because interest rates have doubled, uh, in the last year, you know, their debt service has gone up pretty significantly, which creates, uh, you know, more stress on that that financial dynamic, uh, on, you know, on, on their on their cash flows. The other thing uh, we would be remiss in not talking about is is with this increase in rates, obviously that has to have an impact on cap rates at some point. Yeah, yeah, and we're certainly seeing that as brokers, uh, we're seeing cap rates uh, adjust depending on the property type and demand uh, and size of the projects from 25 basis points uh, up to almost uh, uh, 200 basis points uh, already. And I think it's, a, it's yeah. an interesting question right mm -hmm. now because, you know, obviously, you know, we've been through this long economic expansion, 10 plus years, then you had, you know, COVID and the associated support payments. So we really not had any kind of recycling or repurposing of assets that become underutilized. I mean, you think about, we have all this growth and then all of a sudden things slow and that uh, essentially exposes underutilized commercial real estate. Mm -hmm. And from that standpoint, you know, folks like you come in and provide advisory work, folks like our banks come in and provide capital and that property is then rehabilitated uh, and has a higher efficiency. Um, from that standpoint, we've not seen any of that in the last 13 years, give or take. So you would expect to see more distress as the economy slows, as cap rates go up. Uh, and again, I agree with your statement, it is very, very uh, segment specific. I mean, mm -hmm. certainly we've heard about, you know, office properties right now that are, you know, off roughly 15 to 20 percent mm -hmm. from kind of their peak mm -hmm. value, mm -hmm. whereas multifamily, not so much, industrial, mm -hmm. not so much. Mm -hmm. uh, at the same point, we're in the midst of an inflationary environment that will definitely impact the consumer. 
from that standpoint, consumer related commercial real estate will have you know more challenge dynamics yeah. because of that. Yeah, and and uh, we realize that the banks will make their own decisions of how to handle uh, their current CRE loans uh, in the case where maybe the debt service does increase, maybe the values do uh, come down a little bit as far as you know mark to market and how they're going to handle uh, loans like that. When we just went through COVID. Uh, some of the banks were like, "Hey, give the, give borrowers a break. You know, don't. We're not going to put your loans in the in the bad loan pool, right? Uh, if you if the, if borrowers are having a, a challenge, uh, what would you expect some of these banks might uh, need to do or do moving forward? You know, I saw uh, uh, banks where they did mark to market and took loans that were performing well with good borrowers, good properties, and started foreclosing on foreclosed on them." Because they said, "Oh, well, we got to, you know, it's in the bad pool. We got to get rid of it." You expect more of that uh, this if, if things get worse, or do you expect more of, uh, of of maybe the Fed saying, "Hey, you know, work with these folks. Don't 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 foreclose on all these properties." Right. It's a it's a good question, and I mean, mm-hmm. certainly that was a positive out of you know the legislative. Uh, initiatives, you know, with COVID, you know, hey, we want the regulatory group to say, in essence, that if a borrower was in good standing pre-COVID, that the expectation would be that the bank would work with them. And in a lot of instances, the banks did work with them. There is some regulation that is out for comment right now. It's in a comment period in essence kind of articulating that same dynamic as we know that the that the situation is beginning to slow a little bit uh you certainly you know think about you know we just had a natural disaster uh in southwest florida you would want the institutions the financial institutions to give you know significant amount of latitude again we have to be careful about the safety and soundness of that institution, but at the same point, we would want to kind of see latitude uh, because of the challenge dynamics that are associated with, you know, rebuilding uh, associated with a natural disaster. Yeah, and we're talking with Brian Bailey, with the real estate subject matter expert uh, with the Fed, the Bank of Atlanta Federal Reserve Bank, and. Um, Brian, when you look at the state of commercial real estate uh, today, as far as the leverage on financing that a lot of these properties have or don't have, and you compare it to kind of the Great Recession, I don't know why it, it, it was called the Great Recession. I didn't think it was that great, right. <laughs> but uh, you know, is real estate uh, in a better situation uh, now? What's what's different than real estate uh, in in '08, if you will? Yeah, I think on the, I mean, on the surface, you know, we are in a better position compared comparatively from a leverage perspective. Mm -hmm. Now, I do have kind of questions. You think about the interest rate environment that we were in, you know, 2007, 2008 compared to today. It's a little bit different. And so if you moved back to some kind of, for lack of better words, more normal uh, interest rate environment for a prolonged period of time, we know that there are a bunch of assets that were financed in you know 2012 through 2022 uh, in a lower rate environment. Mm-hmm. So from that standpoint, if you move to a prolonged higher rate environment or more normal environment, you know that good looking leverage may not be so good. Right. I, you know, right. I think right. again, I, I would caution to say performance is going to be more bifurcated. Mm-hmm. You think about 
you know, we've heard of the doldrums associated with the office market. Mm -hmm. At the same point, I think that, uh, you know, Class A office, because of the talent war, um, still going to be in high demand. I think that because of some of the challenges on the consumer front, associated, you know, because of inflation, there's going to be more focus on commuter costs, et cetera. So you might see suburban office do better outperform mm-hmm. some of the downtown, uh, you know, downtown buildings. So I think that there will be a bifurcation in real estate. Um, you know, you talked a little bit about it. Hey, we've seen some assets that have only moved 25 basis points, where we've seen some assets where cap rates have moved 200 basis points. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that it will take more uh, efforts going forward to kind of decipher that bifurcation um, and understand those dynamics. Yeah. And and you mentioned the uh, the job market. I'm going to go back to that for a minute because that's had a huge impact uh, on real estate and especially uh, the office market with a lot of companies uh, still hesitant to, to require folks to come back. Um, and I think part of that uh, from employers I've talked to is, hey, we're afraid that with the job market being so uh, slanted to employees that you know they'll say, hey, if you're going to make me come back, I'll work in my PJs you know, from somewhere else for another company. Um, how is the job market today and, and compared to pre, you know, you know, well, I guess six months ago, it was still a really strong employee market, right, for jobs. What is it now, today in October, and what do you expect in the immediate future with these rate hikes going I was going to say, you don't have your PJ bottoms on now. <laughs> you know, I kind of laughed during the pandemic yeah. about the Target CEO on one of the earnings calls says, you know, we're selling three tops for every pair of pants, <laughs> you know. So, obviously, people are really happy about working in their PJs. Exactly. I can attest, we, you know, both do not have our PJs on today. Um, um, but I think, you know, part, I, I, you know, I'm a little bit more bullish on mm-hmm. the, you know, on the return to office. Mm-hmm. I do think you're absolutely correct mm-hmm. in that some employers are concerned mm-hmm. that if I try to make a mandate of, I, you've got to be in the office, you know, three days, four days, five days, that they're going to have, you know, some turnover. Mm-hmm. We have seen that. But I do think, you know, from a human behavior, from a psychology perspective, people do want to be around people. Mm-hmm. We do want to deal with folks who we know on a personal level. And from that standpoint, I do think that there will be, um, you know, more folks coming back to the office. Mm-hmm. There will all there'll be a new normal. There will be more flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see, a, you know, I, I don't see the percent of folks who are working five days a week. We probably won't return to that percentage. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same point, I think we do recognize that there is value in that hybrid, flexible schedule, and and so you know the extreme of everybody working from home. I think is is not going to uh, you know not going to be a long term uh, dynamic because a we know that the likes of training, the likes of uh, idea sharing, knowledge sharing, collaboration, etc. I mean that is done much more efficiently in person. Absolutely. So from that standpoint, we make less mistakes when we're around each other. So from that standpoint, I think people will come back. The other thing that we've kind of discounted is the group that's coming up wants to get the full benefit, you know, the full value out of their career. 
And so I've talked to some of those folks who are earlier on in their career, and they want to be back in the office because of the networking opportunities, because of the opportunities for knowledge sharing. And I wonder if businesses don't provide that opportunity, if they don't make folks like yourself, you know, available to some of those junior folks, Mm -hmm. will those junior folks stay or will we, or, or will they chase, you know, the last dollar? If I can't, if I can't get, you know, the, the kind of the, you know, the investment in me, the non-monetary investment in my career, I might as well go chase the nth degree dollar. Right. And from that standpoint, I, I do think that businesses, you know, businesses will be, there'll be a group of businesses that satisfies that kind of uh, self-actualization dynamics. I think they could create uh, a very interesting competitive advantage in that you can essentially create a switching cost. When you think about, you know, you know, why is Walmart and Target and your fast food places all want you to scan your the barcode or whatever mm-hmm. you're scanning these days? They want to create a switching cost so you don't go to the competitor. In essence, I think as a business, you could create a switching cost by, you know, doing all doing some, you know, self-actualization dynamics, providing those. And, and in that essence, you may have uh, happier workers. Mm-hmm. You may not have to pay them, to, you know, market dollar, um, which may very well, you know, benefit you not only on that front, but from the fact of uh, efficiency and institutional knowledge. Yeah, yeah, good points. And I'm in the camp as well that I think the uh, office market does uh, strengthen, you know, and folks will see all the benefits, uh, both employees and employees are, of coming back in the office and getting together. Um, and one of the uh, factors impacting that is is the folks back to work and in the employment market and employees being able to say, hey, I'll work somewhere else if you make me come back. I was talking to an HR leadership uh, fellow uh, a couple weeks ago, and he was suggesting to me that he's seeing the employment market uh, change a little bit already, and that he thought that within nine months it could be back to more of a normal market where the employers would have more strength to say, hey, you know, like Elon Musk said, you know, at Tesla, get to work or, or pretend to work somewhere else, right? And and uh, um, so if if this guy, this uh, HR guy, thinks you know nine months, it, the Fed's one of their goals, right, is to uh, uh, impact the job market, right? To by raising rates. What what what's your expectations on the job market kind of changing its trend? So our our two mandates, uh, obviously, you know, full employment and price stability. Mm -hmm. And the Federal Open Market Committee, the FOMC, right now has said, you know, that inflation is way too high. Mm -hmm. And so from a price stability standpoint, you know, we're raising rates, trying to put kind of a break on that. Mm -hmm. That very well probably that very well could create a slowing of the employment market. Mm -hmm. Right now there is a sizable disconnect between the jobs that are available and the workers that are available mm-hmm. to fill those jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same point, beginning to see that while it's still, I think the I think the latest number uh, there's about 10 million open jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, it was over 11, mm-hmm. so we are seeing a little bit of, of of slowing there. Same point. We have a very very robust job market. Mm-hmm. When was the last time that you had two negative, co- you know, consecutive quarters of GDP growth? 
versus we have this jobs market where we continue to create you know, hundreds of thousands of jobs every month. Be interesting to see Friday. We're going to have some more, some more, you know, on, on another result uh, mm-hmm. of job creation. But um, we know that you know job creation, um, you know, is is the bedrock of commercial real estate performance. Yeah. And from that standpoint, it remains strong. And and you mentioned uh, inflation. Everybody knows it's a, an issue. Um, when you look at inflation and you think about commercial real estate, what do you feel the impact is there? It's a, it's a good question. So I, I've come at it from two two standpoints. Mm-hmm. So you know, the cons- you know the consumer drives sixty eight sixty nine percent of our economy. Mm-hmm. So if their personal balance sheet, if they're having to spend more on uh, housing and food uh, and utilities, then there's less to spend on discretionary items. Mm-hmm. From that standpoint less retail spending, less spending on uh, the likes of, ho- of, of vacations for hotels, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So from that standpoint, we could see you know, some slowing in uh, discretionary consumer spending as well as um, spending on leisure and hospitality. From the business perspective, you have to think about um, you know, the, the expense portion in that we know that property taxes, utilities, insurance, not to mention labor, pretty much are all up double digits Mm -hmm. over the last year. They've grown over 10%. uh, Utilities up over 16% in the last year. You know, from that standpoint, I'd ask are, you know, the properties that you're involved in, are you seeing rents grow faster than those double digits? Mm -hmm. In some cases, no. In some cases, no. So you, you have a dynamic where NOI is eroding, right? Or the growth is eroding, mm-hmm. or in some cases, I have questions about you know some of the very you know the we've widened out this bifurcation dynamic of like class B and C malls, potentially class C office space, and if rents are not growing very fast, if they're stagnant, some instances we know they're down where they're negative. We know NOI is eroding, and from that standpoint, that is impacting value. Yeah, and it's interesting because you know one of the benefits of of buying commercial real estate, uh, most people have looked at it kind of long term, is inflation, right? You, you buy this this building and it, it's six hundred thousand a day, and you turn around in, in fifteen years and it's you know it's three and a half million. Um, so in some cases, you know, inflation kind of helps uh, commercial real estate. But it, to your point, the costs are going up, construction costs, and also replacement costs uh, going up as well, right? Yeah, I mean, we're seeing a little bit of that beginning mm-hmm. to kind of come back mm-hmm. to um, normal. My, you know, my sources are telling me that you know some of the folks, you know, the using the, the you know dynamic, I bid to lose. I'm gonna, you know, if I win this project, I am gonna get paid. You know, twenty five percent. I've heard some of that enthusiasm has come out of the market, Good. and so I think from that standpoint, you know, we're seeing a little bit of improvement there. Lumber costs have come way down, so I think that we are seeing you know some signs of uh, you know the FOMC's policies working. One of the other things we've seen, uh, we've seen a slowdown as far as inflation is concerned, a slowdown in the rate of growth uh, of price growth associated with new and used vehicles. Mm-hmm. So I think we're beginning to see a little bit of the healing of the supply chain 
a little bit of, of the of the policies beginning to work and and slowing things down. Mm-hmm. So my hope, you know, my hope is is that you know we're going to get through this period of of higher inflation, um, you know, sooner rather than later. Yeah. Well, I wish we could get gas prices down because the gas prices, fuel prices, you know, seem to affect the the prices of everything else. It most most items have to be delivered somewhere, right? You bet. You yeah. bet. What would you leave our audience with, Brian, to think about moving forward through uh, through the end of the year and the beginning of next? Absolutely. I mean, I think I think we've seen you know some some pretty sizable changes. We're going to see more changes continue as um, you know f- f- we see you know commercial real estate adjust to this inflationary environment. We know it tends to lag the overall economy so my expectation is is that while you know 2021 was a great year for rent growth 2022 is probably going to come off of some of that Um, it's going to be a little bit softer we're going to see you know as we talked about expenses rise and from that standpoint i think we could see you know some changes in value additionally i think you know rates are going up that has to impact debt service. It has to impact cap rates. Mm-hmm. And that also may change that driver of value. But with the strong economy, that, as you speak of, with the jobs, uh, consumer spending seems to be going well. Is it, are we going to be okay, Brian? Is things going to work out right? <laughs> I don't think you'd have me back if I said well, I was gonna be, uh, we were going to be good. Yeah, gosh. No. But I think, I, I mean, I do think, you know, back to, back to the jobs dynamic. Mm-hmm. We're creating hundreds of thousands of jobs a month. That traditionally and is the most, uh, you know, most important driver mm-hmm. of commercial real estate. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and you think about there will be some areas um, uh, you know, here in Atlanta, the Southeast, uh, some other areas where in migration is impacting, you know, the need for commercial real estate, more people, we need more real estate. Same point. I know there's some areas in the 48 contiguous, continuous states that, uh, uh, folks are moving out of, um, that might be good, not so good. Uh, they're moving out, uh, you know, that, that could essentially signal less need for commercial real estate. Yeah. Well, great. Good information, Brian. Thank you for joining us, sir. Good to see you. Thank you for having uh, me. Thank you for joining us around the country. Let us know what you think. We appreciate uh, you sharing the show with others and pay it forward. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Buxton. Take leasing, site selection, and due diligence to the next level. Make the right decisions with on-demand mobile data. Visit buxtonco.com. By Bull Realty. For proven commercial real estate asset and occupancy solutions, contact me. My email is michael at bullrealty.com. By Commercial Agent Success. Expert-level commercial real estate broker training. Cloud Access One, up to 21 one-hour videos. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Thank you for reviewing, subscribing, and sharing America's commercial real estate show.